0: Welcome to episode number 23 of the Ricky Long Podcast. Hey, let's go. Let's welcome everybody to play the pit and show what worldwide. Why, why you ridiculous? think they call me Mr. Worldwide? Let somebody call me Mr. Worldwide. Why do you think they call me Mr. Worldwide? Let somebody call me World. Hey this is episode number 23 of the Ricky Long podcast. I am here today to chat specifically about a couple of things that are going on with me, this podcast and I'm going to give you seven personal training mistakes and solutions that I see and I'll tell you the reasons for that why in a second. So you heard the they heard our first song there which was mr worldwide and i at the time of doing this podcast i have just accepted someone on to one of my jump programs from brazil now that just blows my mind that you know the the way the world works now that we can connect with people from all over the world on a, a daily orally messenger based t- timeline um so i'm you know i'm mr worldwide I am connecting with someone from Brazil who has come on to do one of my programs and I'm completely overwhelmed with that, I'm completely flattered and very very humbled by it as well so um, yeah I just wanted to touch on that to begin with. Uh, A couple of other things which are happening is this podcast is going to go in a different direction for the first part of this year and it's going to be very very much geared towards the fitness professional so our main topics will be for the fitness professional that will be the personal trainer that will be the les mills group instructor and it's all about trying to improve your business which will be about improving your member and your client's experience a couple of things i'll be doing that will uh be all around social media will be around the service you give and how you do it. i'm going to have social media content based around that as well so look out for that it's going to be high high value and if you're not a fitness professional there will still be great value and content in these for you as we will always have a short q a at the end of the podcast which i will link in the notes section so if you're not interested in the fit pro specific stuff you can jump straight to the end of the podcast where you'll see the the Q&A. I'll try and do about three questions. They'll normally be collected from Instagram, but of course, you can email me at any point to ricktheni at gmail.com or ricky at rickylong.com, which is my new website, which you should definitely go and check out. You can also connect with me on Instagram, which is rickylong42. So it's at Regular 42 you'll find me on instagram anyway let's jump into the content which is seven pt mistakes and solutions now the reason why i bring this up is in A, Q&A in that i do so i'm now doing a q a every single day on instagram about different subjects one of the questions i got from uh, a, a personal friend of mine was three pt mistakes that are made in january so i started kind of thinking about this and I'm, I know there's a couple of mistakes PTs make in January, I know there's a couple of mistakes PTs make, regardless of it being January, and uh, I made a list, and I, I come up with seven. Yes, there's probably more. Um, are these the biggest mistakes? Probably not, but they're just seven observations that I make, and I'm also gonna give you the solution as to how you correct that. So our first mistake that I see PTs making, and this one is specific to January. And the mistake is making and doing deals. So these are deals with their clients, with new clients, and it's often done in a way of getting people in the door. So it could be something like buy ten sessions get two free, um, buy eight sessions get a free body fat test and then just stuff like that and what these are essentially doing is the PT is basically saying to their prospective client is I will do you a deal so instead of you having to pay me 20 pounds an hour you only have to pay me 15 pounds an hour Sometimes they'll even do a deal, well, if you train with me three times a week instead of paying me 25 pounds per each session, which is 75 pounds a week, you only have to pay me 15 pounds each session, so it's only 45 pounds a week. So you've actually taken a massive pay cut in order to get that person in two or three more times. Now, I'm all for offering clients deals because if you offer a client deal and you get to see that client more, they are more likely to come to reach their agreed results however the way you offer that deal you've got to do it in one of two ways both ways must offer value so if you are going to offer them extra sessions make sure those sessions don't devalue your early rate so you've got to know your hourly rates and the second solution is offer them another product or service for example if you buy these 10 sessions in January you will get a Body fat testing. You will get a sports massage with another client. You will are another uh, practitioner. You will get um, a free coffee. You will get a five pound Costa card, and you could go out, buy the Costa cards or whatever it is, and then hand these to your clients. Therefore, yes, it's cost you a couple of quid, but it hasn't cost you any time, and it has given your client more value. For example, any of my new clients who come on with me get a free notebook and a free t-shirt doesn't cost me any time it costs me a little bit of capital up front but it's it's the it's the value add I give my clients so if you want to do a deal don't decrease the price increase the value the second mistake I see all the time every single day is pts charging an hourly rate I know I've spoken about this before on podcasts on social media, it's the biggest mistake a PT makes is charging an hourly rate. And I don't, in fact, I do, because of what point number seven is going to be, I do hold the PT accountable for this because there is enough knowledge out there where the PT should not be doing this. But this all stemmed from the gyms. Because what the gym wants to do is the gym sees the PT as a P&L profit and loss line. So they want the PT to sell X amount of sessions, most sessions at an hourly rate, so does the gym get X amount of rent into the till as a second or spend in the club. So the reason why this is a, a bad business exchange between you, the personal trainer, and your client is because your client will start to see you as an hourly expense. What you need to be making the customer, the client see, is that you are a business transaction and they are buying a service. So they're not just buying one individual hour of your time, they're not just buying one session, they're buying a complete package. And that's a package of yes, they'll get a PT session, maybe they'll get four or five PT sessions throughout the week or month, but they'll also get added value in that. So they'll get to contact you out of the times of this session. They'll get maybe a Facebook group, an email contact, all of these extra value points. So there's two people. So there's a. When I say there's two people, the hourly the exchange, it is the only other industry where this happens, is actually prostitution, where you pay a prostitute for an hour of their time. And even that is relatable back to being the PT. The gym is pimping you out, trying to make you sell sessions by the hour. Do not pimp yourself out. You do not sell sessions by the hour. You sell a product, a service, a fat loss journey, a lifestyle a lifestyle improvement journey, a bodybuilding journey. You're not selling it by the session, you're selling the results. And if your clients want to pay you by the session, you need to make them understand it's not by the session anymore, it's by the service. Hope I explained that well. <laughs> Point three is the biggest mistakes. Not the biggest mistakes. Um, I'm going to have to keep backtracking that. Another mistake I see PTs making is they call themselves a PT and self-employed. This one is short. You're not a PT. You're a coach. You're not self-employed. You're an entrepreneur. You're a business. If you're a PT, you will do two things. You will train people you will do nutrition plans. If you're a coach, you will do so much more. Therefore, you can fix so many more pain points. Therefore, you can increase business, revenue, service charges. If you're self-employed, you will always be chasing the next payment. If you're a business, payments will generate themselves. You will have systems in place. You will get paid even when you do not turn up to work. That was a short one. Another mistake that I see personal trainers doing, or rather I see personal trainers not doing, and that is group exercise. Group exercise is a brilliant place to generate leads, to service other members, to implement your programs, without actually having to do anything. So for example, you could have a client who maybe wants to, uh, I will just take a standard one, shallow fat loss and tone up, Well, you could say, right, come and see me once a week and we'll do this session. Your other three sessions of the week can be three group exercise classes. I advise you do this circuits class, this group cycling class, this Les Mills class. And then all of a sudden you have give them a four uh, four windows of opportunity every week for them to train. You've given them accountability, you've given them the program plan, and guess what, you haven't actually had to sit down and pen and paper or uh, Excel and actually write them a program to do in the gym because the classes will take care of that. The second point of it is, if you're a PT and you're working in a gym, you can go and teach a group exercise, get your face in front of 20 people and say, hi, my name's Ricky, I'm a personal trainer in this gym. If anyone wants to book in for a free consultation, come and speak to me after a class. Right, let's get on with this Les Mills body pump class, whatever it might be. And then you're going to build trust as you do those weeks. If you do two classes per week with 20 people in each class, that's 40 people per week who can now learn your name, learn what you're about, you can gain trust, you can get contacts. 40 people per week, that's at least 200 people per month, you know, just depending on what way the weeks fall. And if you don't fancy doing a mainstream group exercise class like in the studio, that's okay. Do a circuits class, do a gym floor-based class, get outside of the gym and uh, take free running clubs. Whatever it is that you want to do, it can also be a lead generator, a service implementation and a finance point for yourself, i.e. an income point. Um, Mistakes I see clients make. Um, is having sexual intercourse with their clients or other gym members. The solution to this is don't shit where you eat. Point number six, is this ties us back to um number two and three, which is charging an early rate and describing themselves as being a PT and self-employed. So number six is, not working on their business and what I mean by that is what a lot of personal trainers do is they believe right if they do 20 sessions a week and they're earning x amount per week that's it they can go home so I challenge all of my business students that for every session that you do in the gym for every 60 minute session you must work another hour that week on servicing that client you must spend 60 70 80 90 minutes at the end of every shift you do in the gym working on your business that could be admin that could be marketing and social media that could be preparing programs for clients it's working on your business instead of in your business so if you're just delivering sessions well you are working in your business you need to get out of that and work on your business once you start to work on your business and you start to get that systems in place and start to get revenue in place then what you can start to do is employ people to do the jobs that you don't like doing for you so you could get someone to prep your social media posts for you if you're doing um, emails if you're doing facebook group posting anything like that so you can start to get systems in place to take the stress away from you so you can start to remove yourself from working in your business point number seven a mistake i see pt's making all the time and i really really want this to hit home because this winds me up beyond words and i see it in every single Gym, I walk into. You know the PT profile board where it says specialist areas? If you have any more than three specialist areas, you are full of crap. You cannot specialize in more than three areas. In fact, you should probably only specialize in two. And if you only specialize in one area, well, you're going to niche yourself in that gym and get every single person in that gym so if your gym has two thousand members and you have five bullet points of your specialist areas which could be fat loss tone up bodybuilding pre and postnatal injury rehab well then all of a sudden there's two thousand members looking at that and thinking oh well he does a bit of everything but he specializes in nothing alternatively if it just said one thing bodybuilding Now there's 2000 members in that gym, maybe only two or 300 of those members actually want to do bodybuilding. And if they see you are the only one on the profile board of PTs, because there's going to be seven or eight PT profile boards, and you have one bullet point and it says specialist area, bodybuilding, then all of a sudden you are the guy, you are the girl to go and see about bodybuilding about that specific pain point. To work out what you specialize in, you, you probably already have an interest in it. You can't really specialize in something you don't have an interest in. You could identify holes in the market. So I always speak about a PTA. I used to work with Orla. She now runs a CrossFit gym in Holland. We worked together in Belfast and she had no personal experience herself in pregnancy. You know, she wasn't a mum at this point, but she was the girl in the gym that went and got her pre and postnatal workshop qualification certifications and specialized in the gym as pre and postnatal. Separated herself from every single other PT in the gym. When I did live PT, when I was back in Belfast, I specialised in strength training for the group fitness participant. That's what I specialised in. So every single person who came to all the classes knew that if they wanted to do strength training to supplement their classes, they come to Ricky Law. I was the best person in the gym to do that. So what you should be doing as a PT is making it crystal clear to your audience what your specialist areas are and where you can help people. I'm not saying don't help people if they don't fall into those specialist areas. If you are skilled enough to to deliver those sessions, by all means do it. What I'm saying is make sure you specialise in two, possibly three areas and just do that really, really well. It's such a powerful thing. You get success stories off the back of it and you get a reputation built up on it. Oh, that was good. That was good. We had seven mistakes that pts make and hopefully seven solutions that you can work with any feedback on those give me a shout um on the aforementioned details a four check me out saying the word a four wow Wow, i wasn't expecting that all right so a couple of the the questions that we we got on instagram q a that um they, they they should be quite quick the the chat about uh one of them was how to stick to your goals and this was in relation just to give this some context this was in relation how to stick to your fitness goals kind of beyond the first week of january you know when new year's resolutions and you know people want to achieve something new year and there's nothing wrong with that so it's, it's how to stick to your goals there's an, a number of different ways i'll share with you kind of three ways that you can is Way number one is you need to break down your goals into small, tangible things. So if your goal is to lose six stone, you need to set the time frame for that. So what is a realistic time for you to lose six stone? So there's no unrealistic goals, there's just unrealistic time frames. So losing a stone in a a six stone in a month probably isn't realistic maybe losing six stone over the course of the year is a bit more realistic. So then you can break that down. So if it's six stone for the year, it's half a stone per month. It's about two kilogram, Sorry, two pounds per week, one and a half pounds per week, something like that. So you can break it down into goals and then you can look, all right, so if I need to lose one and a half pounds per week, what does that actually look like? How many calories do I need to eat for that? How many gym sessions do I need to do for that? How many strength sessions? How many cardio sessions? How many steps every single day do I need to do? And then you just, instead of having one big goal, you have a series of mini, mini goals, which then later become your non-negotiables. One of the non-negotiables I have is I run, every Monday morning, I do a six-kilometer run. It started off as a five-kilometer run, but just as the, the, the route that I do, it, it turns out it's a six kilometer run and that helps me get towards my goals. I must do that run every week and it's not actually a fitness goal the reason why I do that, it's, a, it's actually a mental personal goal because I absolutely hate running and I know if I can do that run at 6 a.m every single Monday morning well then everything else I do that week is, is pretty easy in comparison because I do not enjoy that run I do not enjoy getting up at five thirty a.m on a Monday morning in Scotland because it's always cold and right now it's icy so another way you can stick to your goals is give some accountability of yourself to someone else so tell a family member, tell your partner, your husband, your wife, tell your children, tell your PT at your gym, um, and let them know, right, th- these are my goals. I must do these. Please keep me accountable to this. So I I've, I've got to say your goal is to to do that weight loss. Get your My Fitness pal linked up with your friend. So you're doing calorie tracking and say, I want you to check this every single day for me. And if I'm not posting what I'm eating in this, I want you to call me out on it. So you've got some form of accountability. You can use a friend for that. You can pay someone to do that. You can pay a PT or a coach to do that. And another way to stick to your goals is actually to produce content on social media. Produce content on social media. I'm gonna give you a real life example of this right now because I think it's brilliant. Most of you all know Lindsay. Lindsay has been training recently and posting videos of her training on social media. I think she's trying to do it every Sunday and the content she's producing, it's like this is the workout I did today Please try this yourself, tag yourself in it, blah, blah, blah. And she has told social media, it's on her Instagram, uh, Lindsay Morrison underscore LMUK. She has told Instagram that she's going to do that every week. So now she has to do that every week. And what that's making her do, it's making Lindsay go to the gym and think of different workouts, think of different exercises, different combinations. And it's given, it's, a, it's another form of accountability. And it's giving her another reason to go to the gym. So the gym isn't just about her going to the gym and training and getting Lindsay's fitness goals. Her goals are now to help others and inspire others and give other people workouts to do. So how you can correlate that over, you could go on the social media and you could post a picture of the workout that you did today. So you could actually write the workout down and post a picture of it post it on social media you could take a video of the workout if you're comfortable doing that you, you could do a lot of things using social media you could maybe get a couple of friends involved create a little Facebook group and say let's go on this journey together let's post our workouts and our wins etc etc in here so uh, three ways that you can work towards your goals now the second one that we're going to chat about and it's going to be the last thing we chat about uh, for today how to overcome insecurities again this one was taken from instagram um just on a, a standard q a and it's how to overcome insecurities now if i am not a psychologist i have a big interest in self-development stuff um and I, I do like to share the stuff i learn with anyone kind of in my circle in the wider circle anyone who follows me on instagram or facebook or me emails. Absolutely anywhere. I'll share it with anyone. <laughs> so how do you overcome insecurities? If you were to say this to a doctor, to a psychologist, they would probably try and work backwards and they would try and chat to you about, well, what are you insecure about? Why are you insecure about that? Who are you comparing yourself to? And all, on all this, and it's it, it's all highly, highly relevant stuff. A technique that I use is how to overcome your insecurities is, well, if you know you're insecure about something, work out what you are secure about and focus on that. I'm qualified to talk about myself. I am insecure about my belly and the amount of body fat I have around my belly. I'm also insecure about the hair on my back and I don't like people seeing the back, but I don't let those thoughts, those negative insecurity thoughts kind of bump down on me. I focus on the secure things about my body that I'm comfortable with. So I'm comfortable with, oh I'm going to sound so big-headed here, I'm comfortable with how I move when I train, I'm comfortable with the size and shape of my calves, yeah, and that's enough for all I'm going to talk about on the podcast, about what I'm actually happy about with my body. In fact, no, I'm gonna keep talking. I'm happy enough with how my shoulders look, how my arms are shaped. I'm happy with how I I'm trying to think what else. What am I happy with, with? Shoulders and chest. Yeah, i so I they are my happy things. We all have insecurities we all have insecure thoughts and it's the action of thinking about our insecurities actually make us more insecure. So if you can focus on the things that you are happy about and you are grateful for you're going to feel better for it and if you were to write down all your insecure thoughts and you are kind of throw it on the table and you were to get 10 people at random to throw down their 10 insecure thoughts and then everyone was to pick up a card and read what everyone else had written. Well, you would probably look at what you'd feel insecure about and think, you know what? I don't actually have it that bad. Which I think is a really, really good way to finish podcast number 23 for Ricky Long. If you like this podcast, please let me know. Please subscribe on um iTunes on Spotify on Android on whatever you listen to please write some feedback if you listen I would love I would dearly dearly love you to share this in Instagram stories and just you know let me know how you find this episode of the podcast particularly if you are a fitness instructor or a personal trainer how did my seven mistakes of a PT land with you and how did the solutions land with you. Um, can you add any value to them? Can you point out how I can improve them maybe for a future podcast? My name is Ricky Long. This is Regular Long Podcast. Thank you very, very much.